Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Clicking On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you here. It's February 21st, President's Day. Many of you are taking the day off. Got some emails in from some of you. We'll be listening all the way through the program. So I flew out to Sarasota, Florida, working with a client over the weekend, and it was cold leaving, but it was really pleasant coming back. Let's just say again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're so grateful to have you as our listener. And our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format to listen to anytime and anywhere. And today we have one of our favorite Floridians on the podcast in the Hot Topics segment, Mr. Les Parker, founder of TM Spotlight Newsletter, managing director and partner in Transformational Mortgage Solutions, my consulting firm. We'll be talking about mortgage rates. And remember what Alice said, everyone? She writes down everything Les says because it seems to come to pass. But anyway, so good to have you all here with us. Les is going to be on in the Hot Topics segment. I want to say thank you to the Industry Syndicate. We're grateful to be a part of that organization. They do a good job of promoting our podcast as well as many others out there. Check out industrysyndicate.com. Also, a special thank you goes out to the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. What an outstanding organization and how they serve our industry. I'm so grateful to them. And one of the ways they will be out supporting us and allows us to help support them is the Mortgage Action Alliance app. MAW, M-A-A, Mortgage Action Alliance app. I encourage you to get signed up for that. Such an important thing. You can get signed up on your mobile device and have your word heard on the Hill. Very effective. Also, Finastra. So thrilled to have them, such as a longstanding part of the podcast. Going to be speaking next Tuesday down at the ICBA Regional Conference in San Antonio. I'll be our leading a panel there. But they do such a good job. They have a great reach into the banking community, and more and more independent mortgage bankers are discovering the value of the many functions that they do extraordinarily well. Again, one of the things that I love most about them is their open architecture. And on the 4th of October, we had Karen Jenkins in, who heads up product development there, and talked about it. And we've got Zingo coming on, who is the president of the Americas. Had a chance to meet him here in Austin at their big user event. Great opportunity to talk to them. Also, we got to talk about our two co-ops. We are partners with both of them. We're grateful to have them. Lenders One and Mortgage Collaborative do a great job of bringing competitors together, lenders and vendors. We all get together in a smaller, more intimate setting, and we're able to talk in more detail the specifics of their programs. So we're in conference season. Entering in, March is a big one. So the Lenders One Winter Conference is March 6th through the 8th in Phoenix at the JW Marriott. Encourage you to check that out. 
Also, the Mortgage Collaborative is having their winter conference. It's called the Days of Miami Nights Conference, and it is March 19th through the 22nd. I'll be at both of those conferences. Looking forward to seeing you there. I hope you'll come. Both of these are going to be well attended. I encourage you to check them out. Also, Total Experts. So excited to have them as a new sponsor. They do a great job of allowing you to work and connect with your customers. Folks, I was on with their management team and, and talking to them last week, and I'm so impressed with the methodical approach they to have to their business. So when you look at a, as a technology partner, in this case, Total Expert, you have to look at the organization and you have to look at how they run their business. I can tell you, you've got to get to know them. If you don't know them, many of you already do. They're leaders in the marketplace. But be sure to check out Total Expert. Really good. They do an outstanding job. We're going to talk to you more about the specifics, about what they do. We've got them coming up as a guest here soon. Also, Knowledge Coop. Ken Perry does a great job at the Coop, as we call it, the Mortgage Coop. April 1st, they're releasing a new version. If you want to take a look at it, do a Google search, and it's called Try, T-R-Y, the Coop, C-O-O-P dot com. And you'll get on the list to see all the new features that are coming out, and you'll be updated on it. You need, you need to check that out. It's edutainment. Also, Mobility, MMI, Mortgage Market Intelligence, along with Modex, do both a great job of helping you recruit. And I, I'm just finding all these new ways to help recruit. Also, support loan officers that you have already there with you. It brings you market intelligence. Also, SnapDogs does a great job of working backwards from a future where... They help everywhere in the closing business and makes it a flawless experience. Their aim is to completely eradicate errors from the real estate transaction. That is a good goal. Also, Lender Toolkit, Brett Amler, they do a great job. Going to be out at the Mortgage Ice User Conference. They're going to be there. Going to be doing some things with the Lender Toolkit. They have their vent that they have out. And we're going to be out racing some Ferraris around the track. And uh, getting together, really excited about that. That's coming up here at the same time as the Mortgage Ice Conference. Also, Penny Mac TPO, they're a market leader. When you look at a company like Penny Mac, they have been a leader in the correspondence space. Now they're becoming a leader in the TPO space. They have already got some great traction, but check out our podcast we did with Kimberly on November 1st last year. All the information is still relevant. Very exciting. We're going to be having her on again soon. Also, DW Consulting, Debbie Wymus does a great job of working on helping you have your story told well on LinkedIn. Check out their video that they put up on our website in the Advertiser Sponsor page. Also, special thank you goes out to Rob, Les, Alice, Alan, Matt, and Jack. Welcome, everybody, to the Lickin' and Lending Hot Topics segment. Excited to have you here with us today. It is February 21st and President's Day, and we have joining us Les Parker, the founder of the TM Spotlight Newsletter, writes it every single day. I don't know how he, this guy ever sleeps. He's also managing director and partner in the consulting firm. Anyway, Les Parker, good to have you here, friend. Baby, I'm back. You're back. Yes, you are. I know there's a song that you could put on that, and we need oh, to have all these. Baby, I'm back. We did it back at the oh, end of January. So many people comment. They go, how does Les come up with a music parody? And I said, the most amazing part is he's not into pulp culture. He's not into any of this. I have no idea, but you're doing a masterful job of tying a song and creating a music parody as you do each week on here. So thank you, by the way, Les, for the quality that you and Gary Cantrabone do to contribute. So I can thank you on air, but you do a great job in producing these segments. But today, we want to talk about interest rates. So we're really, really excited about this. So let's start off with doing a review of your November 15th when you were on the show. Let's go back to talk a little bit about that. 
Absolutely. I'll make one quick comment on parodies because I get asked that question a lot. How do you ever think up these songs? Don't you run out of songs? How does it come together? Well, first is, how many of you have heard conversations before with musicians like Paul McCartney or some of the more modern people out there? Well, in reality, it's very difficult. How did Paul Simon ever, how did you dream up all these things? Well, I'm checking on my guitar. Well, that's kind of what it is here. You know, I yeah. just, something comes to me, I read it, I try to connect to a word or a phrase, and that's how it happens. Well, you do an amazing so, job. I love your content. Well, it is nice that someone would record some of the items I said, and so I called in, and at that that's time, right. interest rates were one6 and I said, I think that we're going to see 10-year go up to 2.1 in fairly short order. We hit uh, 2.065 on February 16th. <laughs> Last year was actually kind of a tough year on predicting for me. We did get the directions right, and we was within it. But the volatility did not occur that I was expecting. And part of that's because they didn't really make their announcements until November. So you had predicted at one point in time, interest rates were going to possibly, the 10-year treasury could go back under 1%. And I'm assuming that was a geo, your anticipation, potential geopolitical events that could just rock our world and have ever there be a major flight to quality. Are you still holding that we could possibly see rates, the 10-year below 1%? I think it's possible. Look, it's the likelihood of getting below 1% is diminished now that we've gone up as we have. Yep. But I do expect there to be another significant drop in rates this year. In fact, That's I think crazy. that we're getting ready to turn to a bull market in the next few weeks. Really? Now, why is that? Yes. You just said it. Why? You just answered the question. Because everyone thinks it's going higher. I mean, you should never go completely against the Fed, and you shouldn't completely go against trends. But when you get too many people on one side of the boat, that's when you start saying, hey, this is out of balance. Team, we have a boat owner on the call here with us. Jack, let's get over to you, Mr. Boat Owner. You know how it is. If you're trying to pull in a fish on one side, everyone's on that side. It doesn't work really well. I think uh, a good musical parody that reflects this marketplace would be that song by R.E.M., It's the End of the World as We Know It, uh, <laughs> with regard to interest rates. I mean, when you talk about rates rallying and reversing course, is that really the only driver out there that could make that happen is the geopolitical side? I mean, we know quantitative easing is on the horizon. That's going to be big driver to push rates up. Inflation, it's going to take a while with the Fed raising Fed funds rates before that really starts to reel back inflation. So is really the only driver that could create a rally here in the 10 linked to geopolitical chaos in the world? No, I would say Fed policy would be the reason why rates could go significantly lower. If the Fed is tightening and the perception is that the economy can't handle it, just like it couldn't have handle the taper tantrum last time, then you could have rates go significantly lower. So is what you're saying is, is that the Fed tightens and tightens and continues to tighten, and that soft landing that Jerome Powell was talking about several months ago 
really becomes not a soft landing. And we begin to see the early indicators of a recession raise its head? Yes, because right now we've seen the curve flatten significantly. In fact, the curve is flattened the fastest it's ever flattened ahead of recession. If you look at past recessions and you see how the curve flattened and you look at the speed of that flattening, this is the fastest move towards flattening that we've ever had. I don't have the numbers at my fingertip right now, but that movement of a flatter curve can be very indicative of lower term treasury rates and higher short term rates. And that creates a problem. That creates a problem for banks because now their cost of funds is rising because they tend to be on shorter term. You could even get an inverted curve on the bill curve. So that becomes problems for banks, but it really becomes a problem for mortgage bankers where now you have short-term rates high because mortgage bankers are classic, right? They're borrowing short and lending long. That's the way mm -hmm. they do it. Now they get rid of it in a short time period, and that's why it works as a business model. But that's why I think you could have lower long-term rates. And a mortgage, by the way, will not keep up with a treasury move to lower rates. So you're going to see those widening margins, right? That's right. We've already seen the mortgages widen out to treasuries. It's in a more, quote-unquote, normal relationship now. It's happened <laughs> over the last few months. That's just because the Fed's not going to be buying mortgages as much. Actually, they're going to eliminate the purchases of mortgages. That creates a problem in itself. That means you're very much a domestic market. Foreigners really don't like our mortgages for multiple reasons, and we don't have as many investors. So mortgage rates are going to be under pressure this year, that's for sure. I don't think we're going to see mortgage rates go to the lower levels of three. All right. Good. Alice, let's get over to you. <laughs> what do you have for last? Thanks, Les. Well, it's so fascinating. I love listening to both of you and as well as you, Jack and Dave, all of you guys talk this through because I just love trying to learn. That's the mode I'm in. And so as you describe all of this going on and you talk about this bull market over the next few weeks, possibly, what kind of timing do you see in all of this? So when you say possibly lower threes, is that much later in the year? Is that where you see a longer term throughout the balance of the end of 2022? What's your sense on timing with that? Right here, near term, I do expect the 10-year to drop back down towards 175 on the 10-year, just near term. Here we are at 190 or whatever. And so going down another 15 beeps, and mortgages might catch five or 10 of that. It's not going to catch a lot of it. But I think it's going to be the fourth quarter that we probably see that big dip in mortgage rates. And there's going to be a lot of conditions to that. But I do expect the situation by probably September, October is looking pretty dismal for 2023. It's abysmal in the sense that rates are going to be going up pretty consistently and steadily in 2023. Well, no, actually what I meant was from a GDP. Okay, got it. Yeah, it just sets us up for a better, what's bad for the economy. It's always good for mortgage rates. So that actually does, that's why you're saying we're going to see that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yep, got it. That's by the call. way, Fannie Mae, they were looking at, I believe it was 5.5 is what we ended up for GDP in 2021. And his forecast for 2022 is 2.8. 
and his forecast for 2023 is 2.2. So that's deteriorating GDP growth. So it doesn't mean you go negative. It doesn't mean you have to have a recession. He's not forecasting a recession as far as I know. What I think is going to happen is we're not going to have a recession, but what we're going to do is a scare of a recession. I think mm. the curve is going to, this flattening is going to really send a scare in the market. I don't think that the market is healthy yet. And that's really the big debate. Is the global economy healthy or not? If it is, then rates are going to be a lot higher. Uh, you could easily see you will break through 3%. The secular bull market will end in treasuries. We will then go on up to 4% in the 10-year, probably in 2023. And that's not necessarily bad. Around the globe are healthier than what they were in 2008, 2012, 2016, and even what we were in 2020. So if the advanced economies actually on the men's and they are fundamentally sound, fundamentally healthy, then central banks around the world tightening will have a positive result. It will get inflation somewhat tempered and growth will be exciting. I am not in that camp, but that's what the hope is. And that's how you could end up with significantly higher rates. Alan, going over to you, any questions? One question that I have specifically has to do with property values. When you look at rates and the and inflation and the overall market, you're also considering what's going on, right? Some people, they're scared now that rates are going to go up and they won't be able to afford to move somewhere else, even if it's within their affordability. You have people that are afraid that there's nothing to rent because prices have gone up so much. I mean, in certain areas, you're looking at almost $3 a square foot compared to two years ago, it was a dollar a square foot. And then you're looking at people that are afraid to buy higher than their price range, or they're almost forced to buy now and overbid and cause more inflation of property values because they're afraid rates are going to go up too much and everybody's fighting for the exact same property at the current rates. I kind of wanted to throw the property valuation angle at you and get your feedback on that. Wow. There's underlying forces that would say the property values will continue to rise. But the 10% and 20% that we saw over a two-year period, it depends on where you did your marks. So, But essentially, over two years, we had over 20% appreciation pretty much across the board in the United States. That is not going to continue. So that's already leveling off. It's going to be very modest appreciations. There are a number of issues that housing's facing. They have major labor problems. They are directly suffering from the bottlenecks. So within a year, I expect any pressure on rents to really stabilize. This next year, we might see a, a lot of rents increasing for a multitude of reasons that you kind of articulated. In 2023, I would expect that just dissipates and we go yeah. back to fairly steady, not very rapid rises in rents. Yeah, it's really a good question, Alan, because I think a lot of people are sold are in the process of transitioning over. This is very dynamic market. By the I'm way, sure. Alice deals with a very specific item, and it has to do with appraisal. The appraisal items is not trivial, and it's becoming more mm. difficult. We are seeing that the values are not being proven out, and yet people still want them. So who really can pay that difference? 
and you can't make an adjustment unless there's adverse circumstances, just go ask mm-hmm. Alice. Alice, go ahead. I said, we've got that product, yeah. But yeah, it's I a great that's... point about appraisals with trying to, especially as they open up to do more desktop, and you say even Fannie and Freddie admit they need data to feed the engine. And no matter what buyer and sellers want to try and is a pay desperate prices in the end, you've got to have the data that supports it all. So that's where the value is. Yeah. Jack and I recorded an interview with Alan Weiss and we aired it last week or the week before. Go back and listen to that. Some things that Weiss Analytics is doing as well as Val Shield is doing. You've got to listen to this. This is amazing. Alan was the founder of the Case Shiller Index and the Case Shiller Report. Alan has done real well, and he's working on Valve Shield, and you need to check this out. Go back and listen to that podcast. But, Jack, I've got a bunch of comments coming in here. But several people said this is really helpful. We are anticipating possibly that because of invading Ukraine, we could see that, or is that already priced in the market? Several people are asking. I think where it is is timing, and what should they look at as events that could trigger it? You said the Fed. Many of us have been looking at more geopolitical Global event. Jack, I'll let you guys take it because I'm going through all these questions here. Okay. And just a question for Les. Les, as I look at rate forecasts, and I see some of the larger or more knowledgeable forecasters out in space, like the NBA, rates were forecast to be at 3.1 in Q1 2022. And now we're at 3.9 to 4. So we're running about 60 maybe 70 basis points ahead of that forecast by the NBA. Should we expect to continue here in the near term to see rates at this level, or is there anything in the immediate horizon that might create a rally? The only reason I'm in business is because of economists doing silly forecasts, so I appreciate them very much. Economists have to deal with it, it, on their models. So they have this beginning interest rate, they have this ending interest rate. Guess what? Interest rates move throughout the year, and they impact <laughs> flows of production, the valuations of MSRs, they impact how housing contracts will come in and flow in. So they're trying to always give us these big pictures, basically outlooks quarter to quarter at best. And that's just not how the world operates. It doesn't go from January 1 to March 31st. That's just not how we do it. It is day to day, particularly if you're talking about mortgage bankers. They get fresh longs every single day because people are locking in. And they can even get fresh shorts in a sense if they have too many cancellations and not enough flows. So mortgage bankers deal with the dynamics of the market all the time, and that's why they say, well, where are rates going? Where are rates going? Well, we've already talked about just over the last few months what it's done, and we've also talked about what it's getting ready to do. So I've given some specifics there of what we do. In terms of when you are building scenario planning for your business, and particularly for mortgage bankers, how rates travel up and down matters right. to your budgets, okay? Right. That's how it's going to impact it. So what you do for budgeting purposes is you say, this is what we're going to set our margins at. This is how we're going to control our margins with personnel. This is what we're going to do on how we price mortgages. And then as you get interest rate impacts to that, you have to tweak those pieces so that you still stay a profitable business. 
and most mortgage companies don't do that. What they do as soon as interest rates move a lot one direction or the other, they throw their budgets out the windows and adjust everything upward or downward, and they're not addressing staffing issues fast enough. Some do, and they right-size very quickly. And the yep. effective ones do. That's what they did. Anyway, I'm di- kind of digressing yeah. into how you use forecasting and budgeting and planning. But that's why what we do, Dave, you and me, and then also what I do when I'm working with customers that want to sell their businesses, that's what we have to deal with. Is yeah. If these things start happening, how does it impact your business? And what are you going to have to change to do that? And that, that's that, why a lot of mortgage companies are selling, by the way, yep. right now. They're that trying to get out of this business. They want out. They've had a good run. It's time to exit, and that is true. By the way, if you're thinking about that, get a hold of the lesson. I, we do a great job on that part of it. By the way, the podcast was February 8th, where we had Alan Weiss on, and the, the title of it was a special episode, The Great Migration Driving Markets and Transactions. Folks, someone just texted me that had gone to listen to that, and they go, that was one of those Oh, wow, podcasts. It's like everyone needs to go listen to that big, big talk. So let's get to a couple of the questions. Again, the theme is, again, would you have him repeat again, what are the events? What are the drivers' rates going all over so that they know what to anticipate? And if you could put up some type of percentage, 20% geopolitical, 80% feds, something to that effect. And then if you get a little more specific on that. Yeah, those are tough questions. First, I'll tell you what. Mega trends matter. That's why we talk about mega trends. And that migration is definitely a big one. They should be listening to that podcast. But there's another trend that you address every week on the podcast, and that's Alan Pollock. The technology changes are yes. driving interest rates. Yes, one of yes. the reasons why we have such low interest rate environment, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the Mega trends is improving productivity because of technology gains. Yeah. And that is getting ready to escalate, not to deteriorate. So that's oh another reason why rates could go a lot lower simply because we're going to have productivity gains. So I think people tend to forget about technology. Technology is really what's driving this. Why do you think we left a world? of 13% mortgages in the mid-80s to a world of 3% and 4% more. I mean, what reason would there be for 9% lower in rates over 40 years? I mean, what is it that was really driving that? Well, technology is really what's driving that. Yeah, been a big, big enabler of that. So that's such a good segue because next week we got Brent Chandler coming on and Kevin Kaufman of Form Free, and they're, and they're working with blockchain technology, some of the most innovative things that are going on in the market out there technology-wise. We can't wait to get in that. But, Les, I want to talk about TM Spotlight, how people can sign up for it, and really give us a little more insights in that. Because a power seller enables us to provide the daily newsletter with extended graphs, and it also gives you technical levels. Instead of $77 a year, you're able to get it free because of PowerSeller, and you just type in the code POWER, Power. and right. it will take it from 77 down to zero. So why don't I first give you my forecast? So for the 10-year, yep. I am looking for the range to be about 125 basis points, mm-hmm. and I expect the high yield to be 245 
and the low yield to be 1.20. And mortgages, I expect mortgages will have a tough time staying above four, but I think we'll have a blip up to 4.1. And I think we'll go all the way back down to 3.05. And so that's going to be 105 basis points range. Now, look, last year, we only had a 53 basis points range in mortgages. So based on the uh, Freddie Mac survey, could we be half a a low volatility again? I don't think so because we're Mm -hmm. in a transitionary mode in the economies with COVID, with a lot of things. And generally during transitions, you have higher volatility. I want to, for kind of fun purposes, my outside range, which I will be publishing this forecast. I always publish mine usually in late February. So this week, I intend to publish my forecast. So if there are subscribers, then they're going to also get the forecast. But my outside range for the 10 years, I don't see us going beyond 2.55, but I think we just tipped below one at 0.95. Now, that's in an extreme situation. I'm not sure that we're going to see it. There's a lot of reasons why 120, 115 is going to be really hard for the 10-year to go below And also, the same on the other side, it's going to be really hard to go above 2.5. Now, the reasons why they can go beyond those is some of the things we've already talked about on this broadcast. Very good stuff. Okay, you've already talked about how they can sign up. Go to tmspotlight.com and put in the word power. One of the things that a lot of people talk to, and I'm going to speak to this a little bit, get Jack to speak to it. A lot of people talk about there that you do get very technical in these newsletters. And several people that I know that are own business owners, been in the industry for many years, they find reading it a bit of a challenge. And I had that same issue. And there's issues still that come out where I get you seeing you get technical. And it means like, I got to get them on the podcast to talk about that. But when you're writing this, talk about how you're going about this. What is the purpose of this? Your why in writing this every single day? It's a laborious process, but you do it and you do it so well. Why? Well, first is it takes hours to do it every day. And I don't think people probably understand that. There's an awful lot on the cutting floor every day. The first is I, I designed this to not be exhaustive. But there is no one that reads this that are key executives. When Jack was receiving this letter, I still remember what he liked about my newsletter. He said, Les, you help us connect the dots. And all mm-hmm. that means is I'm giving to someone that already gets a lot of information when he was there and still with the, the amount of information he consumes is a lot. Why would I ever want to get the attention of Jack Nunnery or Stan Middleman, who's one of my leading cheerleaders, who's the owner of Freedom? Why would I ever want to give them what Goldman Sachs is giving to them and all the other brokerage companies all that information every day? Why would I do that? That makes zero sense. And then the other thing is, I am not Matt Graham. I have no interest in being Matt Graham. He gives you detailed information and explains things. There's other publications out there that are designed to kind of help people understand these different terms. So I try to make mine entertaining. I don't put yuck-yucks in here, but I try to make it fast-moving, somewhat entertaining. I do use sarcasm in here. I do ask questions which have kind of implied answers, but there are people that take other sides to the markets. The other thing I'm trying to do is I give you impressions. I do love the Impressionist School of Art, 
And mm-hmm. that's what this is. And so if you don't like Impressionist art, you're not going to like this newsletter. It is not designed to really kind of put it all nicely together in two paragraphs to MLOs. And I do love MLOs. I used to be one. But that's not really what it's designed for. And I have a number, a surprising number, of MLOs to subscribe to it. And I get the sense the reason why. There's plenty of things to get confused on in here, but they kind of focus in on when I'm talking about which way rates are going and down. And the other is I think they like the graphs. Oh, yeah. The daily graphs. shot is really nice to me. And Lev over there at the Daily Shot who lets me republish these graphs, and that's really good. And even Power Seller, if you want to see what's happening with pipelines and volatility and rates, it gives you the picture form. Some people don't like graphs, and they prefer narrative. So anyway. Yeah, to answer one last question, this could become an arm market. Are we going to see the arms begin to become more of a dominant thing? Nope. Don't worry about arm loans, no. you're saying. Okay, good. Very Not good. Too. I mean, it's a flatter curve. It could be because the mortgages getting out of line with Treasury might make some sense. Thank you so much, listeners, for joining in. Les, thank you so much for time for being here. And, of course, to the podcast team. Jack, you want to end this segment with uh, a few words of wisdom? Well, I'll give Les a plug. I was a regular reader of Les's newsletter. The number one reason was is I used to sit in balance sheet committees at a mid-tier bank. And, Les, i got to tip the hat. You always made me sound smarter in those meetings than I really am. Yeah, that's funny. He does. Having great Les quotes is really, really good. Les, thanks so much for being here. Jack, thank you for your commentary and contributing. Same to Alan and Alice. We appreciate you as our listeners. Next week, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to have Brent Chandler on with Kevin Kaufman. They're a farm free. Again, doing some of the most innovative things, working with blockchain, working with the passbook. I mean, folks, you're not going to want to miss next week's interview with Brent and Kevin. Really looking forward to it. Special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, Lenders One, Mobility, MMI, Modix, the MBA, Mortgage Collaborative, SnapDoc, Success Kit, Lenders Toolkit, Penny Mac, and Total Expert, and more coming. Appreciate you all. Have a great week, everybody. See you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.